The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. Think about how much time you spent outside today, or even this week, and how much of it was naked. Yes, I just said naked. Yeah, baby, yeah! Likely none of the latter in being outside in your birthday suit, but seriously, being indoors for the majority of the day, whether that's in the office, in the car, in transit, inside your home, really having gone just through two years of a pandemic, there was possibly a lot more people who were going outside than normal because they could. They were going out for a walk as a way to get out and about. But equally, so many who didn't get out into the light much at all. Now, do you remember in science class going through the electromagnetic spectrum of UV through the rainbow of colors and various wavelengths? Well, maybe you probably are sitting there thinking, no, I don't go back that far in my memory banks, but just know that that is a thing that we went through at some point in time. Well, there's been emerging research about the benefits of photobiomodulation, and it's very promising for your health and your healing. It's an essential tool in the biohacking world, a topic that I introduced to you last week in episode 125. Now, photobiomodulation, it's a newer and slightly more fancier sounding term for what once was called low-level laser therapy and the research on effects on the mitochondria or also what's called the powerhouse of all your cells is absolutely exploding. Now, these energy producers, your mitochondria, there's so much more than that. And research says that, in fact, the mitochondria may dictate our overall health and longevity. And with a theory called mitochondrial theory of aging, yeah, I definitely say that there's something to this. Pretty much everything that I talk about on this podcast and radio show is to protect against damage and help improve your mitochondrial function from the inside out. And today we're going to delve into helping from the outside in. So today on Eat This with Leanne, the benefits of light, in particular red and near infrared light, and what it can do for your body, your mind, your brain, your aches, your pains, your mitochondria, and also your longevity. Now, the list is long of benefits of exposure of natural light as it helps our bodies produce vitamin D. We know that about UVB in particular. It improves your circadian rhythm and your sleep patterns because 
you know, the sun comes up and it goes down. And when it goes down, you feel like going to sleep. <laughs> it also helps us to focus and it enables us to get more done and even makes us happier. With about 90% of our time, though, spent indoors, well, what is that doing to our health? All the wavelengths of light are beneficial in various doses, like you know, UVA and UVB are super beneficial, especially UVA for your circadian rhythm, for really just overall getting into the cells, UVB from obviously the tan standpoint, but, but really that's where you're getting your vitamin D production from. And since looking into how to get more energetic oomph, diving into biohacking as well, I've come to understand that when the sun rises, it emits the whole wavelength of light, but also in particular, the red light. And that's an important aspect of setting us up for our day ahead. Now, I wake up early every morning and see the stunning red streaks across the sky from my glass-walled condo and just how much light that light has an effect on each and every cell of our body. Now, we know all plants require light for photosynthesis. That's the process within a plant that converts light, oxygen, and water into carbohydrates and energy. Now they need this energy in order to grow, bloom, produce seeds and fruit or whatever it is that they're destined to produce. Now without adequate light and carbohydrates, all of that energy can't be manufactured and the energy reserves, well, they end up depleting and then the plants die. Now there's a slight parallel to that too, of course, us humans. Now after this plant has grown, then we eat that food and we benefit from all the nutrients produced. And after speaking with Ryan from Local Fields in episode 124 about farming and eating locally, we know that eating locally allows the food to grow more where it is and produce all those incredible antioxidants that I talk about that are needed to squash the free radical damage, the fire of inflammation and also to protect your mitochondria from damage. Now, the food that we eat directly affects our mitochondria and the potential for energy production. So sadly, all that heavily processed food that's so easy to grab off the shelf, all that white stuff, that kind of tasty, fast-releasing, high-glycemic diet that you think, yeah, it's okay, I can get away with it, that has too many grains and added sugars, well, all of that can can lead to increased insulin and inflammation with associated and accelerated mitochondrial dysfunction leading to you know less longevity if that's the way of saying it and also a lot more aging. Now while speaking about what your mitochondria needs, it also needs for you to sleep, to rest, to recharge, to regenerate. And in keeping on the topic of light, let's mention blue light here quickly before we get to my guest today. Now, light from electronic screens comes in all colors. It's all coming out of the screen that I'm staring at right now while I'm recording this for you. But we know that the blues are the worst. And when I say the worst, it's really quite specific because we do need blue light. Because blue light, what it does is it fools the brain into thinking that it's daytime. And that's the impact that it has on your sleep. 
Now, when it happens, when you're exposed to blue light for long periods of time and even late into the night, your body stops releasing that sleep hormone called melatonin. And that's a nature's, that's just nature's way of helping us wind down and prepare for bed. And that doesn't happen when you've got your face in your phone or your, you've got your laptop open and that's what you're staring into late into the evening. So getting off your devices, blocking as much blue light as possible also helps your mitochondria, which is the most foundational way to help health and your energy. Now, there's a particular wavelength of light that does positively impact your mitochondria. And we talked about it at first in episode 99 after I made an impulse buy of an Orion red and near-infrared light box for myself, really not knowing what I was getting myself in for, having just taken the high praise for this from a colleague. I just thought, okay, I'm diving in. Now, little did I know just how impactful this light would and could be on my health and the health of my family. What I didn't know at the time was that it acts upon the mitochondria in such a positive way that it helps normalize and optimize an impressive amount of health conditions and its amazing effects on modulating inflammation, reducing pain, boosting resilience and enhancing cellular regeneration, as well as improving longevity, just to name a few out of the very long list of benefits. Now, in keeping with introducing you to the biohacking world, as I started in the conversation in episode 125, I've invited someone who knows a lot more about infrared and near-infrared light. So today we welcome back Matt Lau. He's OrionRLT.ca's COO, and Matt has a background in health and fitness as a strength coach and a manual osteopath. Now, Matt utilizes red light therapy as an energy booster and a tool for muscle recovery. All right. So welcome back to Eat This with Leanne, Matt. Thanks so much for coming back on and talking about one of my new favorite subjects that I kind of didn't really anticipate. This was going to be a rabbit hole that I was going to go down, but um, I'm so glad to, to see you again and my Zoom screen and to dive into this a little bit more. Thank you for bringing me back, Leanne. I'm just as excited about this. I'm excited to share more about red light therapy to your audience and really just bringing more awareness around the technology and uh, speaking more about it. Yeah, there is like, it seems like an, an absolute explosion of late of information, or maybe it's just in the places that I've been Googling and searching because this is a topic that, you know, I talked about this um, in our previous episode 99, where I just made an impulse purchase and didn't really know what I was buying. And now I suddenly realize, like, wow, this is definitely one of my best purchases in the last years in terms of, of, you know, of really helping my health, you know, in setting up our chat today, I've, I've gone into a lot more about the mitochondria dealing with energy and really, really going a, a layer definitely deeper than what we did last time. So in talking about that, can you ex- help us understand we've got this light and it's, it's going onto our skin. 
like how much is this affecting? Because it hits our skin, but I don't think it can it get through to our organs. How much does it get through to our cells? And, you know, like and what's going on in there is like a mishmash of chemistry or what's happening. So the way red light therapy works is that light penetrates into our skin. Uh, so there's two specific wavelengths that we utilize, which are red light and near-infrared light. Right. So red light uh, reaches the more surface layer of the skin. Okay. Uh, and that's where a lot of benefits such as skin health or uh, collagen production. In that regard, that's where red light's a little more utilized. Okay. Whereas when we talk about something like muscle recovery or helping out with bone health or joint pain, inflammation, that's where near-infrared light is a little more uh, effective because it penetrates much deeper into our tissues and bones. So when we're talking about penetration, it depends on the wavelength of light. Generally, a shorter wavelength, which is where red light lies on, will target more surface level layer of the skin, okay. whereas a much longer wavelength referring to near-infrared light, penetrates a lot deeper into our skin. So, and just to remind listeners, we did cover this in episode 99, but this is very much where your skin is exposed to the red light is where it can impact. So let's say in the sense of using it for hair growth, then if you've got a pretty good head of hair and you've got the light hitting your, your hair, is it right to think that, well, it's actually just, just not really going to be absorbed into my scalp because I've got hair in the way? No, that's not necessarily true oh. uh, because the light is able to reach our hair and it can penetrate a little bit deeper as well. So that's where such something like near-infrared light is a little bit more, more effective because it goes deeper. Okay, exactly. And I definitely remember you saying that it's not like you could, you know, be in your full workout gear, have your light on and your body be taking it in because your body's covered in clothes. That's correct. So clothing will block out a lot of the light, yeah. which is why it's most, it's mostly advised to be uh, without without garments or any clothing so the light can expose directly onto the skin. So maybe this is not something that you take out into your driveway or your backyard. If you've got neighbors or in my case, I'm in a condo. So take it onto the balcony. Just keep the windows closed. You're all good. <laughs> oh, behave. Oh, behave. Uh, yeah. Something like that. Oh, behave. It is an interesting thing to think about, you know, when I, when I think about using my red light and having my face from one side, then I know that I have to kind of turn it to the other side because you don't want to directly look into the red light. But some of the research, you know, I've read lately is how much it can help your eye health. Mm -hmm. and, and that really spoke to me as well. My, there's macular degeneration in my family. And even knowing that my unit can help that is huge. Uh, because my my dad, who's 91, is really suffering with not being able to see as well as obviously he could in, in years gone by. And both my sisters and I are, are taking all the lutein possible, which is a specific antioxidant that, that has an affinity for the eyes. So it's uh, it's good to know that that can help too. I've talked also off the top a little bit about blue light and how that can really just mess up so much stuff and our sleep. So can red light or near infrared combat the adverse effects of blue light or can you speak to that 
Is there any balancing that happens afterwards? Been on your phone, go on your red light. You know, is there any sort of hacks kind of thing to do with the amount of time that we spend on a screen with our red light? So blue light gets quite a lot of bad rep for disrupting sleep, affecting our eyes or eye strain. Uh, but blue light is quite important to the body, uh, especially during the daytime and in the mornings because it helps us essentially wake up or it signals our brain to wake up, get out of bed uh, and go on with our day. Where it's detrimental is in the night or evening time, especially close to when someone would normally go to bed uh, because it, it is going to in, keep stimulating all those chemicals that keeps us awake and suppress melatonin, which is the main chemical that you know helps us yeah. fall asleep. That's right. So red light, this is where red light comes into play and helps with circadian rhythm. So when you use red light in the morning, helps with that circadian rhythm to help us wake up. Uh, and then in the evening, when you that's, this is where it's important to use red light in the evening if you're looking to optimize sleep. Because near in the evening time, when you use your red light, that helps you know, offset some of the, the blue light that we're intaking and also signals our brain to start producing melatonin. That, that's where red light is important. And it's it's important to know that when you're using red light for sleep, you want to use it about an hour or two before your bedtime. So you wouldn't be doing this, you know, straight right before bed or trying to fall asleep with the red light. Okay. Uh, just because the red light therapy in general is super intensive. Okay. The, the, the light is intensive. So we want to use it, you know, an hour or two before, and that helps offset some of the blue light that we're intaking. So if you're using this an hour or two before, that means that you're still off your screens by then. Hopefully you're off your screen by then. Which is great and yet so tricky to do. And what what timing, and let's just quickly touch on timing and distance of the red light if someone Mm -hmm. is actually thinking about using this or they have one at home already. In terms of distance and timing, so distance first, we recommend six to 12 inches okay. away from a light. That distance we find provides the most powerful intake of energy into the body. Yeah. If you go closer, nothing's wrong with that. The light's going to be a little bit stronger, but now it's kind of a trade-off where you capture less surface energy versus if you were far, further away from the light, that light is able to spread among a wider area of the body. Got it. But when you're further away, the light is also less concentrated. So 6 to 12 is kind of that happy range for light intake and surface area coverage. In terms of timing, uh, because there's there's so much research out there and yeah. uh, there's not really a standardized protocol of exactly what type of light and how powerful, there's, there's little factors. So... You know, generally, we recommend 10 to 20 minutes per day. Hmm. And that's going to be the most optimal range. And the key thing with red light therapy is consistency more than anything. I am not consistent. (laughs) So thank you for saying that. Because now I'm going to try and be consistent. And and maybe you can attest to this, but uh, the, the best metaphor I always bring up is that it's similar to like taking vitamins. You know, vitamins, we take one a day, probably not going to see much adverse effects or once a week. It's over a period of consistent daily intake that we start to notice change. I love that. Thank you. Because it is, 
it's one of those things that you do need to carve out time. And I did have it situated in my bathroom. So every time I would get out of the shower, I would, you know, it would be on and then I would, you know, dry off and do my face creams and all those kind of things. And, you know, so I'm getting exposed at that point. It's moved location. <laughs> and it's, isn't it silly? It's just as simple as that. It's not on the bathroom counter anymore. So it probably hasn't been turned on for about three or four days. It's crazy. You know, that, that really comes down to like habits and exactly and setting it up, setting up yourself for, to, to play along yeah. with your habits. Yeah, It's yeah, kind of like totally. for me, like so little things, like if I have my red light right next to my desktop, I'll, I'll know to do it. But if I have it in like my bedroom, I'll forget because it's just, I'm not on my bedroom all day. I'm always on my desktop now. (laughs) Interesting. So could you be sitting at your computer with your red light on? Yes. Yes, you can. I just found a new place (laughs) to put mine. Um, And you would just sort of change locations, sort of move it around your your computer, I guess, from one side to the the other. I guess this is really only if you're working from home because you might want to have your top half without any clothes on to capture even more red light right mm-hmm. but don't jump on zoom <laughs> What's that? exactly and one quick question before i forget with the positioning of the light for sleep do you have it on your you know on your chest on your neck like where on your body is the best place because it's it's so directional like it, you, you know you put it on your face it's affecting your face if you put it on your belly it's affecting your belly generally the best spot would be around the face so that okay. our eyes can be signaled by the red light because the light is needs to our, our eyes need to be able to communicate with the red light to help stimulate the brain tell the brain hey there's more red light coming in it's time to produce melatonin you're just turning on the red light at that point not the near infrared as well you can can use near infrared yeah because you would just get the benefits of that at the same time but red light specifically is the light that helps simulate uh or help with circadian rhythm and sleep you're also suggesting use red light in the morning but then also you know to help wake you up but then also use it an hour before bed to help you to be able to go to sleep so yeah so the way red light it it really comes down with that circadian rhythm when we first wake up it's kind of like this this nice wave where as you intake light you know there's different colors of light that you'll need that's what helps tell our brain just wake up wake up and then in the night in the evening that red light suppresses those chemicals that, that keeps us awake when when i mentioned you know morning and night yep so some questions people ask is how often can i do red light therapy in the day yes. and you know so the way we answer that is that you can do it up to twice a day per body region now this is kind of drifting to like okay it depends on what benefits you're using it for right so let's say you have a joint pain that you really want to target you might want to do twice a day to really maximize the effects of red light therapy any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at sproutbright.com or leannephillipson.com today on Eat This with Leanne, the benefits of light, in particular red and near-infrared light, and what it can do for your body, your mind, your brain, your aches, your pains, your mitochondria, and also your longevity. So is, is red light and the way that we know it now the same as what's called laser therapy? Laser therapy uh, is 
that term is quite interchangeable with red light therapy. It is very similar. But as we know it right now, generally laser therapy is more, you could say, concentrated because it's a much smaller uh, region that you're capturing. What we want to really look at is what wavelengths of light are being emitted through that laser. And generally, it's yeah. going to be similar to red light therapy. Okay. And there are other terms for all this technology. There's photobiomodulation, yep. low, low, low level laser therapy, yep. laser therapy, red light therapy. They're all essentially the same thing, more or less. Right. I visited my acupuncturist lately. And as well as a million needles in my body, she said, oh, should we, you know, do you want some, have I done some laser therapy on you? And I said, no, but wow, bring it on. I was very, you know, I was really excited. And then I looked at it and it was, you know, the little LED, the red LEDs. And I thought, oh, I wonder what this is. And it went, it went right on my body. It was a bit, a little bit like a, um, like a snake kind of thing. Like the way that it was, it was just quite wide and, and it could go around my hip and onto my belly because I was having some, um, some issues around there. So she said, okay, well, let's put this on here. And I thought, huh, this is like a movable kind of red light instead of like my light box. And that did made, make me think, huh, you just called it laser. And yet it looks exactly the same as what I have at home. Generally, it's going to be in a very similar range. Like, how does this help pain? Exactly. Because that's one of the aspects, you know, there's the, this long list of what red light does, but can you talk us through how does this help pain exactly? And is it red light or near infrared light? It will be a combination of both. Right. So pain is generally like a byproduct of inflammation in the body. And so red light therapy helps offset inflammation as well. And that's where it leads to reduction in pain. Right. And both red and near-infrared light will impact pain reduction or improving pain. So red light is going to be much more, uh, again, effective with surface layer tissues and cells, whereas near-infrared light is going to be more effective for the deeper tissues. So say someone is going through joint pain, near-infrared light will be more effective in that regard but using we generally always say use both lights you're going to get right. you're not going to get a negative effect if you use red light to help with a joint pain and the way it works is that these lights penetrate into our cells and within our cells holds the mitochondria the powerhouse of the cell where all our energy production is created Yep. And so when all these, when red light therapy stimulates the mitochondria, it increases energy production. Yep. And with higher energy production, your cells are optimized and functioning at its highest capacity. So when it comes to, you know, pain, now that our cells are more optimal, working at a higher, higher capacity, it's going to, you know, essentially heal faster or accelerate the healing process so that we feel less inflammation or feel less pain. So for arthritis, I just talked to a really good friend the other day who's about to have um, a hip replacement. I can only imagine, I think I just spoke to him about using Arnica, but I'm going to go back and say, red light, red light, a near infrared light, get something mm -hmm. for you and start even, would you suggest in that case, you know, kind of around a surgery, use it before and after? I can only imagine, yes. Before and after, like if it's a surgery or some kind of medical condition or, or procedure, we would recommend, you know, speaking to a licensed healthcare practitioner first, yes. just to be sure. But generally, yes, 
use both before and after because you're only getting added benefits. And it's actually been found that red light therapy helps with in the post-surgical process to help with wound healing and uh, accelerate or reduce scarring and accelerate wound healing. Yeah, that's. I think that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. And and if I can bring it back a notch, um, yes, one thing do. that uh, we should disclose or have listeners be aware of is that red light therapy is not the solution to mm-hmm. like arthritis or joint pains. It's really a complementary uh, technology that helps with everything else that you should already be doing. So that should be like, you know, making sure your lifestyle is on point, your nutrition. And if it's something like joint pain, maybe if you're seeing like, if you're working with some sort of exercise specialist or therapist that you're using all those and red light therapy is here to complement or make all those other factors better. Absolutely. Just in the same way that, you know, this podcast being about food and how many times have I mentioned the word antioxidants, making sure that you've got those going in because it's helping to put out the fire of inflammation, but then also taking a step back from that in your diet, making sure you're not adding to it by eating all those foods that taste so good in the moment, but oh my gosh, they really, you know, they're not doing us any favors, all that processed, sugary, high saturated fat type foods. Well, those have to be there as well, mm-hmm. but you know, but, but you do, you've always got to talk to your doctor. You've got to know what it is that you're dealing with. And is your doctor likely to suggest this as a therapy? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, you don't know, you could possibly bring it to them, but also know, and this is my personal experience in asking um, different doctors at different times about, well, you know, what do you think about this? And there have been times when doctors have said, oh, no, 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 I don't recommend that at all. But then on further questioning in saying, do you not recommend it because you don't know about it? Or is it because you've come across some research with adverse effects? And in my experience, it is the former where it's just not in their understanding. It's not in their wheelhouse. So don't be scared to ask more questions because many of my clients come back to me and say, well, my doctor didn't know about fish oils or they said, nah, don't bother with fish oils. But then you could also just ask, you know, have you really done a deep dive into the research on this? And they may be honest enough and just say, no, I haven't. In which case then you you understand where your information is coming from and really understanding and and having knowledge, I believe is power, no matter who it is that's advising you. Of course, you need the diagnosis from your doctor. Let's say if you're dealing with arthritis first, because that's always your first port of call really is to, uh, is to speak to your doctor. And then listening to things like this, I think just helps your understanding and knowing what else you can do to help yourself if you're not finding relief with whatever's recommended. And you touch on so many great points there, not to say that there are bad doctors out there, but there are individuals who are simply just skeptical or they're not as well known about red light therapy or, or any other form of technology or supplements. And so it's always good to get a second opinion and really do your own research. That, yeah. And that, that's, yeah, that's where the purpose of this podcast is to empower more individuals with more knowledge. Yeah. And everyone has their own zone of genius, their own wheelhouse. And doctors have a very important 
um, understanding everything that they've learned, what it is that they can do to help us in our health. And it's just possible they haven't broadened that more than maybe what they've learned at, at medical school, which is super valuable for us. But moving into the, you know, the more natural world or the complementary therapy world just may not be an avenue that they've gone down yet. And they just don't understand. I mean, I don't understand all medicines because I'm not a doctor. So, but that mm-hmm. doesn't, it, it doesn't mean that I'm bad at what I do. It just means it's not my, not in my wheelhouse. So anyway, all right, let's move on. So in the same regard in, in sort of this can help, how about, you know, to do with mental health? That's obviously something that I always touch on as much as possible because it's, it's an aspect of our health that I think gets missed a lot. Can you add any new research or anything new um, on the mental health front? Yes. And likewise, mental health is near and dear to my heart. Uh, Family members that I know who suffer from it. And so red light therapy helps in that regard, especially in areas where you don't get a lot of sun. So kind of a backstory, uh, we started Orion here in Vancouver, Canada, because one of the reasons why is we get very little sun light throughout the majority of the year. Um, So, and that that leads to a lot of different uh, conditions or manifestations of conditions. And one of them being seasonal depression, which is a big one here. And I definitely feel the effects of it near more so the January where it's like winter dark months. Ooh, yeah. And one of the reasons why we get seasonal depression is because we're lacking a lot of light and it's more so specific wavelengths of light. Like, so we don't get sunlight. So we're missing a lot of different, like yellow light, red light, orange light, all these different other colors. Purple. I mean, it's a rainbow, right? It's a rainbow really. <laughs> and so how red light therapy works is, you know, with the red light, we're getting that different type of stimulus of the colors of light. And that helps us with offsetting some of those effects of seasonal depression. Okay. And then near infrared light, more specifically, especially when we use it around the brain region, it helps stimulate ourselves to operate at a higher capacity. Uh, so some of the things that red light therapy will help us with are uh, in a, something like neurogenesis, neurogenesis. Mm-hmm. And that helps us, helps our nerves function better. It also helps reduce oxidative stress mm-hmm. uh, within, especially in the brain region and stimulate more antioxidant production. And that helps, you know, making sure that the cells around our brain are, you know, functioning at its best. And it's actually been shown in many of the research where red light therapy they scaled a bunch of uh, subjects on how they felt about their depression levels. Mm. And after using red light therapy, they found that their scores have decreased. So that's, that's where red light therapy ties in with like the mental side of things. And then more generally, when it helps with energy, energy production, you, you feel more ready to go. And that just helps with mood. Right. And that's one of the main reasons why I personally use it in the morning is to help with that you know, help me stimulate my mood. So I'm ready to go. Yeah. Because whether you have a diagnosed anxiety or other mental health um, issue, there's also just kind of feeling a bit low, right? You just, you kind of do just feel that blue and 
whether it's depends on the season or the day, this can happen in the middle of the summer on a sunny day. There's just sometimes stuff that's going on that's bringing you down. So I definitely am one who thinks, oh, you know, what, what can I do to help? It's important to cycle through your emotions and process everything that might be going on and why you might be feeling that way with your therapist or talk to a friend, reach out, do all of those kind of things. But also, again, it's like an empowering thing that you can do. You're checking off as many boxes as possible to be looking after yourself and focusing on your own self-care. So I do think, I do think having this, this tool just adds to our overall ways of you know of, of helping everything from the like you said that lift that energy that get you going in the morning whereas most people would turn to a cup of coffee for that you know this is going to have more far-reaching benefits than your surge of caffeine <laughs> to, to just get you going because you know it's going to run out at some point too right <laughs> unfortunately mm-hmm. but i'm still gonna have my cup of coffee <laughs> That's, that's totally fine. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying necessarily switch it out, but, uh, but know that you're also doing, you know, you're doing your, you're kind of doing the biohacking thing, right? You really are getting into that mitochondria, into that cellular renewal, into really the energy that the mitochondria needs to be able to affect all the other cells positively. So is there anything else that's new and groovy with the red light in terms of, of um of research that you've heard about just to kind of finish off with that maybe we're not aware of yeah really there's a whole list that we could go through but uh i can definitely run through a quick brief of that list of benefits that it also helps with yeah. uh that we haven't really touched on so some things are such as reducing cellulite uh, improving our strength and performance. So when it comes to working out, you know, in conjunction with muscle recovery, it's actually been shown that red light therapy helps us perform better in a gym environment. Mm, which of course is full of light bulbs that, you know, may or may not give us, it's not like, uh, I think one of the podcasts that I listened to lately, you know, they kind of just said, go and work out outside. And I thought, oh, yeah, well, that's a bit of a no brainer, isn't it? Right. Because then you're getting all the different wavelengths of light. But in the absence of that, because they may not have all the machines that you need outside, (laughs) then uh, then using your red light, I think, is tremendous. Is there a particular protocol around that? Should you use it before you work out, during your workout, post-workout? We generally find that using it before is going to be most... um, applicable so to say unless you're you know open to working out just completely nude essentially so that uh, the light penetrates that's for a home gym yeah a home (laughs) gym then you you do you (laughs) but generally i would say do do it before and then when you go into your workout you're going to have more energy to perform better and if you use it after a workout then it's going to help with that more therapeutic muscle recovery effect. Well, thanks so much, Matt. Is it? Oh, hang on. Have you finished all the rest of your list? No, oh, I bet yeah, you haven't. There's a couple more. Yeah. Um, so this one's kind of interesting. It's It's been found that red light therapy helps reduce symptoms of Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm. And it's that's kind of the, the mechanisms are similar to what we just described in the mental state where if you target the, the head region or the brain 
It's going to stimulate mitochondria, reduce oxidative stress, and those are in conjunction are what helps alleviate some of the symptoms. And then some other ones are skin health. So even skin conditions such as psoriasis or eczema, red light therapy has been shown to reduce some of those symptoms through the mechanisms of, again, mitochondria, oxidative stress, and increasing collagen production. And and when you say red light therapy, you're talking about near infrared and like having both buttons on at the same time. So both at the same just, time. You're not just targeting that. I did hear um, something that said that if you're really using this more for anti-aging, you're wanting kind of more surface and, and kind of anti-wrinkles, then you're talking more red light. I don't really know why you wouldn't sit there and have the in- near infrared on at the same time, but just to sort of understand again, the levels of what what's being impacted with the wavelengths of light. Red really is more surface. So I I, I also thought after I heard that it's kind of like a sunburn, right? Like it's your your deeper levels of your skin is are not being burnt. It's more on the on the surface of of your skin. So that's a little bit more how I remember. Oh yeah, red light is more surface, and near infrared is going deeper. Yes. So one of the reasons why they say red light is going to be more effective is because it targets more surface layer cells and tissues. Uh, Whereas, yeah, near-infrared light is not really targeting that surface layer. It's much deeper. But to that point, uh, there hasn't been a research that really says that near-infrared light is going to negatively affect the surface layer of the skin. Exactly. So it's not really a harmful thing to use both lights at the same time. Oh, it's an ever emerging wealth of, you know, research coming out and which I just think is really super exciting. So everyone listening to this, just know that you're, you know, you're ahead of the curve and how I set up last week's biohacking episode was really about this being a bit more underground, you know, and you kind of think, oh, wow, people are already doing this. And really, I think a lot of people who are listening to this, they're probably ahead of the curve anyway, because they're here and they're listening to what we have to say. So Exactly. Thank you so much, Matt. And also thank you so much for offering Eat This with Leanne listeners 10% off uh, the red light, the, the units from orionrlt.ca when you use Eat This with the number 10. No spaces in that at checkout. And also know that frequent, fairly, I don't know how many times a year you guys have a sale on, you can use that code to get a little bit extra off too so i'll make sure i post that on social media but if you just can't wait know that i've got the pro unit with the stand if you want to try out what i've been using of late wonderful thanks so much matt well there's enough for you to chew on after all that's been said so far right If you want to do a deep dive into this some more, as I seem to be doing, I'd suggest that you check out a highly recommended book called The Ultimate Guide to Red Light Therapy, How to Use Red Light and Near-Infrared Light for Anti-Aging, Fat Loss, Muscle Gain, Performance Enhancement, and Brain Optimization. It's written by Ari Witten, W-H-I-T-T-E-N, who is a health expert and the founder of the Energy Blueprint. Now, think about where you spend your time. Is it indoors or is it outdoors? Is there an opportunity to, to work outside, to go outside, to gather those natural light wavelengths from the sun, which has it all going on? 
Could you go for a walk at lunch and get out of the confines of the office? Could you take some breaks maybe and get out your red light or your near infrared light if you have to happen to have one and you can't get outside? And, you know, maybe you have uh, taken the plunge. I know a lot of loyal listeners uh, have decided to get themselves an, an Orion red and near infrared light box for yourselves. So maybe it is taking a break or as Matt said, having it set up at your desk if you happen to be working from home. Now you've heard me talk about orionrlt.ca and just to recap on that, then I've got a pro unit and you too can get yours with a 10% discount by using the code eat this 10 that's in the number one zero when you check out. Now, further to light, please know that the creation of energy in the mitochondria is absolutely dependent on an adequate supply of the right proteins, fats, carbohydrates. So like following along with maybe half your plate, if you draw a line down the center of colorful fruits and vegetables, as many bright colors as possible, then one quarter of your plate, well, that's lean protein, fish, nuts, and seeds. And the other quarter is whole grains, if you eat them, Really, that's just a general recommendation or also following more of a Mediterranean style diet. Now, added to this is a generous supply of B vitamins, something called coenzyme Q10 or CoQ10 to up, really upregulate your circulation. It's tremendous. And just overall antioxidants. Now, many of these nutrients, they can just be supplied by, by your fruits, your vegetables, which really you can call a phytonutrient-rich rich diet, but we just know that we don't eat enough during the day. So while you're on your way to working towards that, know that I've created a new bundle over on spreadright.com called the Biohack Bundle. Now this has my Kid Boost or Skin Boost, same product, different name in it. It's got some CoQ10. It's got that liposome B complex in there. It's got the Alka-C, uh, a vitamin C along with lots of minerals. Also support from BioBoost to really get into your, uh, to your gut microbiome because there's so many benefits from having that healthy gut, the gut brain axis. Really, if you're working with any mental health issues, then it's got to be in there. But then also looking at your detoxification, let's get stuff out. So, so a glutathione and an NAC is also in there as well. It's a really robust package for you that you can check out on spurtright.com. And they're key essentials to support your mitochondria, aid in detoxification, work on your energy from the ground up. Because that free radical damage that goes on is happening all day long. Even if we lived in a perfect bubble and ate all the colorful foods possible, it's still happening. It's just a part of what we do as a human. So when you stir up my Take This by Leanne Kid Boost or Skin Boost Superfood Supplement, you add in, you've got all those antioxidants in there and you add in the liposome B complex, which is a part of this package, your mitochondria is going to say thank you. When you get up earlier and get out into the sun as it's rising, it's not only just a stunning and beautiful, beautiful sight to be seen, your mitochondria is also going to say thank you. When you spend some time in front of your red and near infrared light box, if you've got one, according to the recommendation in terms of times and distances, you're likely going to start to see and feel the positive effects that your efforts can yield. That could look like more energy, could be brighter skin, improved sleep, 
experience less pain, improve your focus, improve your memory, decrease anxiety and depressive disorders, improve recovery from surgery, injury, trauma like brain injury, and also exercise recovery as Matt talked about. And the list goes on and on and on. Again, this is really about you taking charge of your health. This is one aspect of being able to improve your health. And I love how Matt described that, you know, it's kind of like taking your supplements, it's like, you know, kind of drinking your water every single day or having that extra thought on, yep, I'm going to have my water next to my bed. I'm going to put the lemon in it. I'm going to do it every day, you know, and even if it's six out of seven days or five out of seven days, it's great. So for myself, that was a really, that was a a great nudge for me because I'm going to go and put my red light back in the bathroom because that's where it gets used the most. It might be somewhere else that's different for you. So thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode that I hope has opened your mind, opened you to new ways of looking after yourself. And thank you for being one of our over 200,000 downloads to this podcast since its inception. Chris and I are so thrilled to be part of your day, your walk, your drive, your week. And of late, I've heard that people are absolutely excited to hear what I have to share in terms of they think, okay, great, a new episode's coming out. And I can't wait to do this and uh, and hear what Leanne has to say this week. So honestly, it's, it's just thank you. It's truly affirming to me that what I'm doing is of value to you. Please subscribe, please share, please rate this podcast. Know that all the show notes are found over on SproutWrite, uh, sorry, over on leannephillipson.com. Any of the products that you might want to check out are, are over on SproutWrite.com. You can find me on social media under Leanne Phillipson and SproutWrite. And, you know, send me a message. Let me know what you're thinking of the episodes, if it's helping, and also if there's anything else that you would love for us to do a deep dive into. So thanks as always for being along. And please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time.